Welcome to Disability Talks, a podcast produced by Abilities in Motion. I'm your host, Shelley Hauser. Join us for real conversations and no-nonsense talk from everyday people with disabilities living their most independent everyday lives. Tune in for the latest news surrounding disability, accessibility, and independence, where conversations aren't dissed and stories that need to be told aren't missed. So let's talk. And welcome back to Disability Talks. I'm your host, Shelley Hauser. And today we are talking with the Pennsylvania Center for Adaptive Sports out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Our guests today are Jeff McGinnis and Judy Morrison. Welcome, folks. Thanks for being on the show. Good morning. How are you? Hello. So um, I wanted to learn a little bit more about Pennsylvania Adaptive Sports in Philadelphia. Sure. Uh, we the, the Pennsylvania Center for Adaptive Sports is an outgrowth of two organizations that merged. Um, the Philadelphia Adaptive Rowing, and then it was, I think it was called something like the Handicap, Philadelphia Handicap Ski Club or something. And um, uh, Isabel Bond was the person who uh, was involved in both those organizations, and she merged them uh, to create the center. So we could be more of a multi-service organization. And uh, that was, so we started with those two foundational programs. And over the years, we have uh, added to the mix and maybe dropped some programs that weren't interesting and added more. So we're constantly sort of tweaking, you know, what the community wants. We try to be very responsive to uh, what people are interested in and also to be innovative. And, you know, because we kind of have our pulse on what is happening in the adaptive sports community and wellness community. And so we might add new programs that people aren't familiar with. And, and this is one of Judy's, Judy Marson's uh, big roles with us is to, to manage these programs and to, uh, you know, sort of, uh, I wouldn't call it my whims, but my, my wishes to have something new or to adjust something. And Judy, uh, you know, keeps these programs going. And, and she's been, uh, you know, really uh, highly engaged right now with COVID because like many programs, we've had to become a different organization as far as our service delivery. And, uh, and Judy, uh, a lot of that falls on Judy's shoulders to do. To get into that, Judy, what kind of, how many programs do you have and, and what kind of programs currently are you offering in the most creative ways in the time of COVID? <laughs> it's certainly been a challenge. Um, we have one, two. I think 10 or 11 programs overall, plus our virtual programming that we've started since COVID started. And our our virtual programming includes a seated fitness class for people who are primarily wheelchair users or have pretty significant balance disorders. We have a standing fitness class for people who are able to stand and walk um, without additional support. But certainly if you have balance issues, we work through that and work with with the um, the athletes on modifying the, the exercises as need be. Uh, we also have a virtual rowing program. So we have people who we've loaned out ergometers and they're able to row in their homes using Zoom. Um, we have a introduction to martial arts. So self-defense and martial arts is kind of connected together. Um, we have a virtual yoga program. So it's adapted yoga. So we have people who are able to stand, sitting in wheelchairs, sitting on the floor. And our yoga instructor is able to modify all of the poses to meet the needs of each of the athletes. And um, we've been doing some track and field workouts that are more kind of a fitness for our youth team. We have a youth track and field program and just trying to keep those kids engaged and connected to each other um, once a week, just so that they can not feel as isolated as as they have been in the past. What kind of response have you had from the uh, disability community and, and like 
participant-wise has been a really great response and a lot of participants across everything that you've been offering? Yeah, probably our seated fitness class and our yoga class have been the the most well responded to. Um, we've got quite a bit of people in both of those programs, and I think it's because they they feel comfortable that they can do it no matter what their impairment or their ability level is. Um, we have less people in the standing fitness class and the martial arts. And I think it's probably, there's a little bit of a, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if it's going to work out, but what I've been trying to tell people is just try it, try it once. It's not going to hurt you. And if you don't like it, turn the camera off and we yeah. won't see you. <laughs> Judy, yeah, am I that's right a good start. in that um, our yoga attendance virtually is higher than our, uh, when we had our live program, which yes. is very interesting. Uh, and this is something, one of these things that we, we take as a learning experience and then we will adjust our programming when we come out of this i i think maybe we will have some kind of hybrid program where people can be live you know transportation as everybody knows is a big issue and uh you know philadelphia has a pretty robust paratransit system but still it's problematic for people to use and uh you know people we have uh, people in in the county surrounding us that it's a big ask for them to come all the way to philadelphia to do yoga so we 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 look at this as a, this is a positive that you know we were forced to you know be something we weren't really thinking thinking about but we've learned that we our delivery is even better when we're able to meet people in a way that works for them so I think I think all adaptive programs have probably learned this. You know, they're conducting live or, or virtual programming. Yeah, and I've tabbed into some wonderful programs uh, online and panel discussions that landed up being nationwide. You know, all of my experiences have been really just extremely positive of we can learn. And I think your audience is actually going to end up being broader. Because like you said, Jeff, you know, people from Berks County or Schuylkill, you know, definitely are not going to drive two hours, you know, here. They can be in the comfort of their home. Yeah, sure. My own personal experience is is that uh, I do some fitness programs for myself and they're virtual now. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to go back to the live program because <laughs> I have a nice little routine and uh, I, it saves me quite a bit of travel time. So I think that's, I mean, there's something to be said about, you know, being in contact with others and that dynamic. But uh, it's just, we, we really think that this, is a, this will be an asset for our program to be delivered to be able to continue the virtual program. So do you guys have any partnerships in the in the community or in the region that kind of help you connect with athletes? Uh, yes, we are. We are national. We have two national partners. Uh, well, actually one now. Uh, Move United, which used to be Disabled Sports USA. We are a chapter of that. It's a nationwide organization that provides a, a range of services for uh, people with disabilities. And uh, we're an independent chapter. That's how that the organization gets set up. We have our own. 501c3 stature. Uh, and then we used to be part of something called the Paralympic Sport Club Network. Well, they reconfigured and they've dropped that feature of the Paralympics, uh, which was, uh, we, we liked it, you know, but I don't know that what, you know, it might have been a funding thing or just they, you know, they were refocusing. So uh, that we have that one national partner. And then regionally, uh, we are tapped into uh, places like Mickey Rehab. Uh, Moss Rehab. Uh, we're very known to them because we've been on the scene for a long time and I have personal relationships with people in those institutions. So we're able to have some great conversations about, you know, hey, what do you, what, what's going on with you? And, and just, you know, get people connected. That's really important is, you know, these, especially these regional partnerships, because it allows us to just increase our leverage as far as what we're delivering. And, you know, somebody might not want to do 
program mix that we do, but somebody wants to try slate hockey. So I would just give them a name and help who to contact in McGee because they're, they're, you know, so they're, um, and then other, uh, I'm trying to think of other partners. We do, we have some academic uh, partners, uh, Drexel University, but mostly we do, do uh, you go and do presentations, but I know some of the coaching staff and some of their collegiate sports uh, we have a couple of our coaches are out of their rehab science uh, doctoral program. So uh, we have, uh, and Temple University as well, we have uh, some uh, sort of relationships there. They're, most of them are informal. You know, they're they're just professional, informal, professional relationships. We also do have a partnership with um, Camelback oh, Ski you. Resorts, Camelback, Camelback Resorts, um, Camelback Mountain. I forget exactly the name of it, but um, for our ski program. Our ski program runs out of Camelback Ski Mountain. And that's where I learned to ski. And I can tell you, being 13 and, and not knowing how to run as an amputee and then flying down that hill was so <laughs> invigorating and such a sense of freedom that I finally got to experience what it was like to go fast. And um, I had such a joy and a love for, for skiing. We actually ended up going to skiing in Austria and Germany. So uh, that was at a totally different level of snow. <laughs> Yeah. Did you do the surface lifts? Did you have to do the T-bars and the... I tried the T-bar and I could not. And then my husband had gone up ahead of me. And so some German guy who spoke no English just grabbed me and took me up on the T-bar with him. (laughs) I was so mortified. But you know what? I learned the T-bar is not for me. So that's okay. Not for most people. I just happened. The reason I asked is I know that in Europe, they're very common. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I learned that I am not able to do that. So we avoided those after that. We had a we had a good chuckle at, at my expense, and we moved on. But hey, like you said, I gave it a try, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's it's um you know, and that's that's what we want people to do. We understand that you might you know somebody wants to try something, uh, and it might not fit for them. And I I just tell people try a program. The best the first thing is going to be you're going to meet people who are doing what you're interested in doing, and then you can find out really how it works from somebody who's, you know, an athlete in that program. And, uh, and maybe that doesn't, it doesn't ring your bell. So you try one of our other programs, but the the thing is to just keep trying. And, and, you know, a lot of times people with disabilities, they have not had an opportunity to sort of develop that, that I guess I would call it a habitual, uh, sort of aspect of, of fitness and, and sports because they just haven't had the opportunities. So it's, it's not really in, in their experience. So we get, we do get a fair amount of people coming in as adults who really have never done any, any level of, you know, sort of group or, or uh, community fitness activity. So that's, we are often starting from a very basic level with people just trying to, and get them used to the idea of, um, you know, just, doing these things, you know, they're just new and there's, there's just so many barriers for people. I mean, there's a lot of time we, that's what we, we do. We spend time kind of knocking those barriers down for people, or at least, you know, helping them address some people. And that, that goes through everything we do, including our, our cost structure. We're very low cost because, you know, as a, as a, as a group, uh, you know, people with disabilities don't, the, the income levels are, are not always where they need to be to go join a gym. Uh, so we, we have very modest costs that do not cover our own costs. So we're, you know, we spend a lot of time having to, to raise fun, funds to, you know, to make that work, but it wouldn't work if we charged 
a market rate. It just wouldn't work. What kind of feedback do you get with new participants that are trying a new, um, say, new yoga or skiing or wheelchair basketball or whatever you offer? You know, what kind of feedback are you are you hearing from them when they try that? Most of the time, it's it's. Oh my God, I felt so free for the first time. I left my wheelchair. I left my crutches. I left whatever I usually need. I left it and I got away and it was so much fun and I could do it and I didn't struggle. Uh, We actually have a woman who's been a participant with us for years and she's had neurological impairment with balance deficits and coordination deficits. And she started doing the standing fitness class and a few, she's always had to ride on a tandem bicycle because of her balance. And a few weeks ago, we were able to start one of our live cycling programs back up and she was able to get onto a trike mm-hmm. bicycle for the first time by herself and she rode seven miles which she's never done and she's like I rode seven miles and my balance was great and I got on the bike so much better and she's and now I can hike with my family and she's just thrilled because she can spend time with her family and her friends and yeah, so, so much more active and, and our the programs can be transformational I mean we don't we don't really focus on that that aspect we know that that can happen. Uh, our vol- we're, we're mostly volunteer driven and, and the volunteers are, our culture is that, you know, we'll meet somebody wherever they are. And as far as, you know, their fitness or sort of their mental outlook. And we start, that's where we start. We don't have a bar that people have to, a minimal bar really. Uh, but we do have an expectation of success. So the volunteers are extremely motivated to make you do well, you know, but they have that other piece that it's not their, their expectation of what somebody should be doing other than knowing, you know, the sport of the activity. It's their expectation for somebody, like what they, how they can draw out what their capacity is, what their abilities. And that's, that takes a, a special kind of person. We're lucky that we have so many people like that. I think it, part of it is people like that are attracted to other people like that. So they get involved in the program and then they're like, oh, these people think like me. And, you know, and, and they, they kind of, we have a very high retention rate of volunteers. They, we have 30 years, you know, some volunteers, they just, uh, which is, I think is a good indication that we're, we're doing something. Thing that people like and and it's really important you know we i understand i'm always mindful of that if somebody gets to our doorstep a, a, an athlete with a disability they've already made a lot of effort to get there i know that it's not you just didn't drive by and on a whim you know there are a lot of things that you had to take care of to get there so the success is already on its way people might not realize that but i know if somebody's done that that they're motivated and then we just have to cre- keep the their experience positive especially in the beginning you know that it's all success and if people get more they're interested in competition then it changes a little bit you know then we're then we're really we're getting more into sort of performance oriented uh activity and uh that that uh we do that as well we've produced i think 11 paralympians we are successful there but our main focus is community-based sport and wellness that's sort of the thrust of our our mission speaking of the community we talked earlier about socialized socialization isolation uh from covid and you were telling me the other week about uh, how you work with the politicians in the area. Yeah, it can be, it's always a challenge to, I guess this is for any, you know, dynamic is to what you're, if you're talking to somebody about something they don't have experience with, you have to make it relatable for them, you, you know, so that they, and I, 
been doing this a long time and you never know what's going to, what somebody's going to have that aha moment. I get what you're doing. Uh, and this is one of those, I was mentioning, you know, that this is early on in COVID. I was in a zoom meeting with some, uh, some Philadelphia, um, you know, staff people, city staff people and some politicians. And we were talking about, you know, they were just, everybody was talking because it was all new. Zoom was new. Everything was new. And I said, you know, and people were just excited to be on a screen talking to somebody. I said, you know, this is something that our participants experience all the time, the social isolation, that it's more, and I think it's more acute for them now. That's my hunch. Uh, but, and I could, I couldn't see it, but I could just see a lot of people going, huh, I sort of get it. I see what it is to be cut off because that's really, and I went on to explain a little more like, you know, when somebody maybe has a, an acquired injury, um, their life might stop for a year or so, but especially if you're young, your peers' lives don't stop. They continue. And there's so many changes, especially in a young person's life in a compressed period. So they're off to college and everything. And this person is still home. They're still, you know, maybe say they got injured in high school. That's That was sort of when their life, their social life sort of stopped. So they've got this hiatus. And uh, nobody, unless you're in the field, I don't think anybody understands that and how impactful that is. So when we're able to connect with somebody like that and, you know, say, oh, you're in a chair, there's your bike. You know, we don't, you're not, I don't want to use the word, I will, you're not special to us in, in that kind of way that maybe the larger public thinks. You're an athlete. We understand what you need. We're going to give you those things and then uh, and, and go forward. And I, so I think just that, just talking about so, social isolation to people who were not in the field uh, and they were feeling it resonated with I know it did because I got what I wanted on that meeting. So good. Yeah. I, I think putting them in our shoes or our shoe, yeah. you know, it, it turns the tables and makes them stop and think. And I, and I think that's another wonderful thing that, you know, while there's been a, a lot of horrific things that have come out of COVID, you know, this, this has taught people some really valuable lessons and hopefully those politicians and other people in, in not only our Philadelphia community, but, you know, nationwide, worldwide, they realize that things need to change. Yes. Yeah. And it is doable if you think outside the box with some creativity. Yeah. And, and you know, this is the other thing I tell people all the time is all the moorings have been pulled up with COVID, you know, for organizations. It's an opportunity to try different things and to, and to reconfigure things. And I think that's one of the reasons sort of the government has been a little more receptive than in some areas. And we still struggle with some decisions, but now they know who we are. And, you know, and that's been really, really helpful. Yeah, you're building a relationship, a face-to-face relationship. And if they're out of state, you wouldn't have had that opportunity as, as often as you may have had. It's great to hear that you have created so many strong partnerships in the area. Right now, let's take a commercial break and we'll be back. Abilities in Motion is one of Pennsylvania's premier centers for independent living, existing to educate, support, and promote individuals with disabilities. Our programs are focused on providing opportunities for individuals with disabilities to live independent, self-determined lives. Abilities in Motion advocates for local, state, and national laws that protect the rights of people with disabilities. We are proud to create innovative and sustainable solutions and set trends using multi-focused approaches towards shaping national education, employment opportunities, in-home supports, and health care that affects the lives of individuals with disabilities. For more information about programs and services Abilities in Motion provides, call 610-376-0010 or visit our website at www.abilitiesinmotion.org. And we're back. 
Today, our guests are the Pennsylvania Center for Adaptive Sports with Judy Morrison and Jeff McInnes. So I wanted to ask you, wrapping this up, um, Jeff talked about fundraising. And I wanted to know, you mentioned to me that you were doing a virtual regatta and some other things online and fundraising. So I wanted you guys to touch on that and let us let our listeners know how they can find you and maybe tap into some of these online connections and classes. I'm actually going to let Jeff talk about that because he just started the um 5.0 virtual challenge and he has a much better handle of that than I do. Okay. Oh. So Judy mentioned the challenge, and I, earlier I had said, you know, it's, it's we unfortunately COVID has disrupted some of our fun, big funding streams, so we're having to be creative in sort of what we're, we're calling closing the gap. So we created an online challenge. Everybody's probably seen me some; they seem to be coming into my mailbox all the time. Uh, it's just a way people can. Um, they can pick an activity they want to do and, uh, and and then raise raise money off that. We have a peer-to-peer platform. People can do that. It's very important for us to 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 keep going. You know, we it's like any ongoing concern just because you might not be doing live programming, you know, and 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 so we have to so we're working the, the virtual, it's called the 5.0 uh, challenge. And the website is uh, it's all words, 5.0 challenge.org. Uh, and, you know, people can go there and check it out. It's pretty easy to use. Uh, the other sort of big virtual piece that we're doing is the, we have a rowing regatta, the Biota regatta. It's been, I think it's in its 34th or 35th year. Uh, we've never missed a date. Uh, this is the first time we had to cancel. Uh, it's a national event and we're moving that to a virtual event. So there's a thing called an ergometer, which is a rowing machine. It's a training tool. And we will be using that as the competitive piece of equipment. So if people have access to it. And that's the challenge. Not everybody has one of these pieces of equipment. Hard to get in a gym these days. So, but we want to have something. I think it's important to have the momentum, uh, you know, so that these things can continue uh, in, in any way possible. And in the rowing community, there's a lot of virtual uh, regattas now. This is a big season for rowing, uh, the fall season. So across the country, people are able to enter these things. And so we want to do that. We want to be able to provide that for people with disabilities who row, you know, so they have, you know, one of the things about a rowing machine, this is kind of inside stuff. This is the most boring piece of equipment in the world. If you have to train on it, it just, it, it just a fact of life. Because somebody spent a lot of time on one, uh, but they're awesome. They're awesome exercise uh, pieces of equipment for, for fitness. Uh, so, but it can, it can get dull if you're in your basement all the time just sort of hammering away on that thing. So if you have a goal, like a regatta to compete for, it makes it, it makes it, I think, better. It makes it more interesting. And uh, so that's, we're looking at maybe doing something, we're thinking about something called the holiday challenge between Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas. It'll be a longer event. Uh, so people have time to get access to the equipment. And then they'll just register and record the times. And, um, you know, it's just it's basically bragging rights. That's what you get. Well, good. I hope it all works out. Let me know, um, maybe Jody, you can touch on this. Where are you folks out on social media that they could get, our listeners could connect with you? So our website is centeronline.com. We also have a Facebook page. It's Pennsylvania Center for Adapted Sports and an Instagram site that is center online. Right. Well, I think that's everything. So Judy and Jeff, thank you so much for your time. And thanks to the Pennsylvania Center for Adaptive Sports for all that they do. And to my listeners out there, I thank you for listening and stay tuned for another great edition of Disability Talks. We'll see you next time.
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Disability Talks. Want to keep the conversation going? Then visit our website at abilitiesinmotion.org or connect with us on social media. And remember, don't dis my ability.